0: Zephan Blacksburg here and today I'm joined by Zach Obron. And Zach is the co-founder of Book in a Box, a new type of publishing company focused on allowing busy experts with important messages to share to create their book without the usual barriers. He's worked directly with hundreds of authors to professionally publish and promote their books, reaching hundreds and thousands of readers in the process. Spending 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, this is something that he said, spending 24 hours a day, 365 days a year in our head is a pretty good way to get to know how awesome we are. And so I pulled that from your site, actually from a blog. Was that something that you wrote in an article recently?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't recognize that.
0: Okay. So that was, do you have zachobront.com or is that somebody else?
1: No, that's me. No
0: way. So this is, this was something that was totally on your website. I'll restart the recording, but, but yeah. So I (laughs) saw this in an article that was on your site and I was like, holy crap, that's amazing.
1: Is I, so, it's possible it was me. You don't have to restart the recording. Um, I haven't updated anything on my blog in like two years. And so it could be the most recent thing there. And it just is out of my memory. But that's, that's so no problem. Funny.
0: Well, I thought that this was like the best way to like kick off, you know, this interview was. Was that saying? Because there's so much inside of us that's amazing, and I've been talking more recently with people about, you know, we have everybody's got a gift that they give out to the world, and it's really just a matter of pulling that out. Um, And and so I wanted to hear a little bit from you, you know, how did you get to where you are now, and then we'll go into like some of the things that you've given to the world and advice that you have.
1: Yeah. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I can kind of remember the context for that. Is was it? uh, It must have been a post about. Less about how awesome you are, and the the point of the post is more about how you should learn to express that to other people, as opposed to just assuming that everyone can can see what's in your head. So, yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's something we'll get back to later. But basically, in terms of my background, um, graduated from college, uh, I guess three and a half years ago now. Um, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Knew, I'd worked in a bank for a couple summers, so knew I wanted to stay the hell away from, can I swear on this or no?
0: Oh, yeah, why not?
1: All right, great. So I uh, <laughs> knew I wanted to stay away from anything corporate or where I couldn't see the direct impact of what I was doing. I felt that that really unmotivated me quickly. So jumped around doing a bunch of really small things, um, mostly just kind of getting experience. I had a bunch of advice from people that was probably the best advice I could have had that was like, don't waste too much time trying to find something perfect. Just like jump into things that you'll regret down the road and learn from them. So, over those years, started a mold removal company, which is insane. Did a bunch of SEO stuff. Um, experimented with some writing. Started a company that did uh, ported people's phone numbers out of their house so that they could cancel their home phone. Uh, made a few courses. Really just jumped around and was like, "What do I like? What's what gets me excited?" and Uh, I think it's easy to kind of latch on to like what are the answers when the reality is like it's different for every person and the best way to learn is often through experience. So what I found through all that was I really like the initial stages of building things uh, and so I can jump into things too quickly even if they suck because I'm motivated by the fun first couple months. Uh, But I needed something that would keep me interested beyond that because my real ambitions were to I really like to work a lot. Like I'm not a minimize the amount of hours I work and go hang out on a beach kind of guy. And so uh, I needed something that was going to keep my attention past that fun building phase. And so basically, through a weird series of coincidences, um, started working on the side for my business partner Tucker, um, or my now business partner Tucker. Uh, we worked. I worked part time for them for a bit. Then kind of came on full time. And then what? Both of what each of us was doing kind of aligned in a way where we both had a big break to kind of take on something new and decided to just experiment with a whole bunch of things in publishing. So um, tested the waters on a few different ideas that we had and basically stumbled upon uh, what we're doing now, which is called Book in a Box. Um, It's been about a year. We have like 10 employees now. It's really growing quickly. Um, And basically the idea is that we take people from idea through to finish published book kind of minimizing their time without sacrificing any of the ideas or having someone else kind of make up the ideas for them so we have a process we've built to do that um and it's definitely it's a lot of fun i think uh, i'm finally hitting the point where i'm getting that like one year in and still committed and more excited every day about it which is what i was kind of shooting for
0: Very cool. And I'm sure Tucker's a great partner for that stuff. He's published a couple of books, uh, you know, had a movie created out of one of his books. So um, I'm sure that you guys are having a pretty unique experience with that and and solving a problem that uh, is definitely there. And it also sounds like at the same time, you've really uh, taken advantage of being able to try so many different opportunities instead of taking one path and saying like, all right, like this is what I went to college for. So I just have to stay with this for the next 40 years and suck it up.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I was almost fortunate to take things that were useless in college, so that I could never <laughs> even consider that uh, my degrees in like economics and philosophy. So like, <laughs> I'm not going to be an economist or a philosopher, um, and so it was pretty clear that I had to figure something else out. Um, but yeah, I, I think definitely. I mean, I have that ADD, like want to jump from thing to thing really quickly, and so the way that's shaken out is that I've kind of do that within the business now. I'll go into a new area. I'll really work on like how do I create the sales process from scratch, how does it all fit together, what's the system, and then let's go hire people who are way better than me to take it to the next level. And so my job through this creation process has kind of been to build each phase of the business from a like, zero to a one out of ten, and then when we hire people, move on to the next phase. So it's I've managed to find a setup that kind of satisfies my ADD without me uh, having to to start from scratch every time, and it,
0: and it sounds like you can build it to be successful too. It's not just like you start on an idea and then you're just like, all right, I'm going to go to something else, and it hasn't even like gotten to that point of, you know, of right? Completion yeah, yeah. I I think
1: I'm a little hard on myself when I say I take it from a zero to a one. Like I did the first million dollars of sales for the business, and then hired new salespeople, and like I no got to the deal. This point that we were that we'd done probably. 30 outlines for books before we hired a guy who was the executive editor of HarperCollins, who was clearly a hundred times better than i have <laughs> any book structure so i think i was doing an okay job before but truthfully like even with good results it's pretty clear to me like this isn't what that's not what i'm the best at and the people we hire are so much better than me so it sounds it sounds like oh i did something like impressive from the outside before moving on but i can really see that it's it's a tenth of the way to where it could be
0: Yeah, but it does set up a good foundation, which is amazing because it sets it up for even greater success, you know, from that point on. Was there ever a spot like after college where you were a little bit confused about what to do or thought that like, you know, maybe I'm just supposed to go get like a job in finance or something and that's just what I'm going to do with my life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So looking back, it's really easy to brush over that that was like first couple year period where it's like, "Oh, I jumped around and did all this fun stuff." And in retrospect, like it's easy to think of it as a learning experience when things didn't work out that well. But the reality is at the time, like especially with like pressure from family and and kind of expectations from friends and self-doubt that like it's not just that I had to overcome that, it's that the things I was doing were genuinely bad, right? Like, I was starting a mold removal business that wasn't going to do very well, and it wasn't a good idea. Um, But, I think it it was, now that I have the perspective, and so at that time, for sure, like, I was tempted into taking finance jobs, definitely, that I resisted. There were a few opportunities that came up that were slightly more appealing to me, that actually almost did end up sucking me in. Um, And it wasn't I'd say it was, it was almost luck at times that like, there was something good around the corner, so I turned that away or, or whatever. But definitely through that phase, it's, it's hard to resist the like, safe, automatic, small win when you don't see the big wins that are on the horizon of, of the other path.
0: Yeah and and I think that that also kind of goes to once you've started a project as well it's very hard to see that you might be so close to to that hump of success yeah. and you know you're just on like the other side of the hill and mm-hmm. so many people give up before they even like walk to the top of the peak and see what's on the other side yeah so i'm sure that happens quite a lot uh, i'm curious to hear like you sound like a process guy so how did you what was your process for figuring out you know, what type of a successful business you could run and how you could even get it started. Cause I know a lot of people listening in either, you know, want to start a business or, or want to leave the corporate world or maybe, you know, have a business but are looking to go into something else. What does that
1: look like to you? So I guess there's there's kind of two questions in my mind. Like the first one is what you're asking is like more tactically how to start a business. And like I think the reality is for most people, that isn't that hard. It's just convincing themselves to do it. I mean, if you're scared about not making money before you lose your before you quit your job, you can go pre-sell something or whatever. Like there is lots of tactical information online how to start a business and do it in a way that minimizes risk and and allows you to learn through doing it. I don't think that that's really most people's challenge. I think most people's challenge is pulling the trigger. And so what I found was useful for me was two things. First of all, to just pull that trigger aggressively and and say, like, it'll, there's, I, I don't know if this is actually maybe a relevant thing to explain, but there was a study in, uh, in Europe about organ donors, right, that they, they were saying, like, there's, um, across all these countries, there's, like, a huge gap. There's a bunch that have, like, 10 to 15 percent, and a bunch that have, like, 80 or 90 percent. And basically, like, they were looking into it, like, the country that, was, that had 15 percent was, like, pushing so hard and trying to do all these marketing campaigns, and what they realized was, the form at the DMV if it said check this box to be an organ donor barely anyone did and if it said check this box to opt out of being an organ donor barely anyone did like That's you stick funny. with the default unless there's something very convincing to change your mind and so i think just the default of being like i quit i can go find a new job if things get desperate but my default is going to be that i'm not gonna, that i'm going to continue working on my own business and then it takes a catastrophe to switch back whereas I think if you're waiting for the perfect time to pull the trigger, it takes a miracle to to change to move that way. So that's one thing. The other was really thinking about, um, like, I read the startup of you and really liked it, and thinking about me as the business and all the other things as tools or or subsidiaries or or pieces of that. And so, if one thing wasn't going well, that was fine. If I was doing too many things at the same time, that was fine. If I was l- If a business was failing but I was learning skills, that was fine. And so I was really trying to think of myself as a collection of skills, connections, um, ideas, assets, and saying how do I build all of those things up so that when an opportunity comes along, I'm lucky and can capture it as opposed to um, trying to make one specific thing work and panicking if it doesn't.
0: That makes sense. And so I've experienced a lot of different things as far as starting businesses from as early as 16 when I tried to make a, a computer repair business, which doesn't quite work when your parents have to drive you to the client's house <laughs> <laughs> because you don't have a driver's license yet, um, to, you know, I, I've worked many different jobs in tons of different areas. And so it wasn't until uh, May of 2013, I left my job to start my video production company and I've had it ever since. Um, But I started to realize that my true uh, passion was was more the storytelling and not necessarily the lugging all this gear out to someone's house, setting it all up, you know, making sure that the air conditioning is off so it doesn't make a bunch of noise, um, things like that. So how have you uh, been able to figure out what you're passionate about and how to better align, you know, your work with that so that you really do enjoy it every single day?
1: Yeah. So let me let me turn it on you. Like, what did you do in that situation? Uh, did you stop doing those pieces? Or like, how did that impact? How did it make? How did that realization impact what you actually did?
0: Yeah, so uh, there was a couple things that I did. The first thing was I started to limit like the types of projects that I was taking on. Because, you know, up until that point, it was just like, I'll take anything that comes in. And 99% of my business is referral based. So I don't really do any advertising. So it's like, you know, I might do a business video for somebody. And next thing you know, their sisters, cousins, whoever is having a wedding. Mm -hmm. And so now, like, I I don't do weddings. Like, I stick more towards things where I can tell a story. You know, a wedding is the same story every single time. Guy falls in love with girl, girl gets married to him happily ever after. But, like, with a business... You know, we just did a, a tech startup company, and I really got to go in and show the family and the kids and the process of them creating this, this new tech item that they're getting ready to sell right. and promote. And to me, it's so much more important to, to get to know them as people and to connect with them. Um, so when I figured that out, it allowed me to stop taking on the stuff that didn't align with that. But then I also kind of like, I took a break from my life just in general, just to figure out more about who I was. So last November, December, I actually took two months to like couch surf and travel around the country. Um, and I travel hacked my way basically from Maryland to uh, Los Angeles and back. And so for me, it was, it was kind of like really stepping out of it for a little bit. And saying, like, who do I really want to be? What do I enjoy? And pulling uh, all of those influencers out of my life just temporarily to say, like, what are the things I want to bring back in?
1: Mm -hmm. And so was that was that what the thought process was? Like, what am I missing? Or was it more reflection on like, long term ambitions?
0: Uh, I think it was a mix of both. I, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, what is it that I'm missing, but, like, what is it that I'm doing right now that I don't really want to be doing? Mm-hmm. So that way right. I can figure out what things to pull out of my life rather than, like, look for something that might not exist.
1: Yeah, cool. So it sounds like what you, what you did on that uh, journey kind of parallels what I'll try to do uh, semi-frequently. So at the very least, I'll do this once a quarter. Um, I try to do it once a month. And that's really stepping back and thinking about two things. One, really, really long-term. Like, where do I want to be? What's the ideal vision kind of way, way down the road? Um, and then number two, on a day-to-day basis, what are my days filled up with and what pieces of that do I like and which pieces do I not like? And if I can find a way that my day-to-day are activities I enjoy and that I'm on a path that leads towards where I want to be, then then that's perfect. And I think that the... the the day-to-day piece is easy for anyone to do. Like, you can really think through. It's hard to do in the abstract, but once you're doing something, it's very easy to know if you're liking it or not. So for me, when I was doing sales calls, I loved doing sales calls at first, and then once it became a big part of my day, I realized it broke up my day in a way that sacrificed everything else and made me less happy overall. So it was something that I, I didn't want to be doing consistently going forward. Um, the second piece, the, like, long-term vision... I think that's a longer journey and a little bit more difficult, and obviously something that's always evolving. And so there's, but I think the trick with that is really just to be super, super honest with yourself. I mean, there's, I think the natural reaction is to recite what you think you you're supposed to say in that state. And I think the reality is, like, I I started journaling a little bit and just experimenting with different ways to do that. So started off kind of just going freeform, didn't get a lot out of that. I uh, did a gratitude journal, didn't get a lot out of that. And then I started saying every day, I'll one, you know, when there's like the question that's just like lingering in the back of your mind, but that you never focus directly on. So I was like, every day I'll just write one of those at the top of the page, go freeform just to dump everything in my head regarding that question and maybe take 10 minutes total. Uh, and I found ap- 50% of the time I'd be like, yeah, that was useless. And 50% of the time I'd be like, that 10 minutes gave me so much clarity around why that actually matters to me, and, and why, I, why I'm even thinking about this. Um, and so I think it's kind of just a slow process of experimenting with things like that in order to figure out what you really care about. And then align the day to day towards achieving that.
0: Yeah, and I definitely did something somewhere I forgot to mention too with that. Where you know in the mornings I was keeping track. I was writing three gratitudes down in the morning, uh, journaling just for like a page. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing I added in was to do a random act of kindness every day, whether it was as simple as just calling somebody to to tell them you know to compliment them or holding the door open a little longer for somebody. Um, So and I found that like doing that for thirty days straight. Uh, I started to find a lot of really nice silver linings and things. So on days when I felt like I was lost or unsure, I was still able to be like, Oh, look, you know, the sunset looks really (laughs) nice tonight, you know, and just be able to appreciate the little stuff. And that was like, what really got me through a lot of the tougher days, Mm -hmm. um, And and so I've definitely done something similar and I've seen a huge difference. And it's also a matter of like figuring out the best way for you. Like I'm not someone who could really sit and write for longer than like five or ten minutes because I just I really don't enjoy writing. But I can talk Mm -hmm. all day. So, you know, that's where it's like you adopt it to work for you.
1: Yeah. Um, and do you do that? Do you, do you do like a recorded journal type thing?
0: Yeah. So yeah. a lot of the talking kind of happens over podcasts because I'm usually <laughs> like I'm Skyping, you know, pretty much every day and talking to people. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I am doing, because I'm working on on writing a book uh, instead of writing it, I've actually been dictating it and having it transcribed. Mm-hmm. And that's been a huge help for me because then I can kind of like go through the transcription and add in little things here and there. Yeah. Uh, but my thoughts come out way better uh, in speaking than they do on paper.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely true for most people. There's exceptions, and I don't know how they, I mean, I guess it's training or the way the brain works or something, but, I mean, that's what my whole business is based on is getting people to talk out their books as opposed to type them because that's how the brain will naturally flow all the best ideas as opposed to translating them from thoughts to words to hand movements or type.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and that's just kind of... A weird biological science that uh that's a rabbit hole we could definitely go down some other time because it it really goes very deep um but it's it's very cool how you you know there's a reason why we're at a loss for words sometimes is sometimes the brain can't really process uh certain emotions or things and put them into words and Mm -hmm. sometimes you can write it down and other times it's the other way around you can only talk about it and it's very hard to get it out right and word it words so um, that's a pretty neat thing uh, and so you have this book service it allows people to essentially get their book published uh, in a much easier fashion what uh, benefits do people get from writing books like what do you why would you guys encourage somebody to write a book
1: it's great so it varies hugely this is a problem that that we've kind of run into is like there isn't a target customer avatar because there's so many pieces of people who could benefit in different ways um, basically like the things that we've seen that are most useful are, uh, I guess, people with an audience. Sales of the book and and influence is easy. Uh, people with a business, then they can provide lead gen in a number of ways, like people discovering the book through and as like a teaching tool, and then finding you uh, as a sales tool, as a excuse to get publicity, kind of as a way to explain the product. Um, people trying to build their personal brand. Like there's there's a lot of, of possible reasons, and I think the reality is. We're in this kind of weird phase in publishing, where the, the kind of respect that a book commands has been built based on an exclusive, difficult publishing world. Um, and then all of a sudden self-publishing has swept in where the barriers is actually like four, maybe even lower than it should be in some cases, in that um, there's a lot of books that are not that are great ideas but that are coming out and people aren't interested in reading because there hasn't been anyone there to, to help format it correctly or to make the cover look nice enough. Like you end up with a flood of stuff that just looks unprofessional. And so we're in a weird middle ground where people want to divide books into like professional and unprofessional or like real and not real, but there isn't a clear line to do that along. And so from what we've seen, um, the books that we've done just by making sure that they come across super professional and that they're like real books and they're long enough and they're not just eBooks, um, There's like a huge amount of just inherent like respect that comes from that. And so we've seen people get new jobs based on them. People um, sign new business, sign some huge clients um, and hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, which has led to its own, own direction of things. So it's definitely interesting. Um, and there's lots of stuff that's different than a lot of other industries in that, you're selling a little $10 product that takes a huge amount of time to make, but that has all these weird other benefits in terms of respect and stuff. But uh, it's definitely interesting.
0: So you said that somebody could actually get a better job after having written a book?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, working with a guy who does some contracting with NASA. And his goal, we're not done the book, so, but his goal in writing the book is that um, through kind of building this thought leadership in this area... Um, he'll be able to move up into a more full-time role with NASA, which I think seems likely, and based on the connections he's built even just in the writing process, um, it seems like it could happen. Um, there's definitely cases, especially in like the academic world that we've seen, where there's just a level of respect that comes from a book, so if you want to be an expert in Middle Eastern politics, being someone who wrote a book on it really makes a big difference. Um, and then there's the like second-order benefits, right? So... You write a book on it and it's easy to get featured on TV as the expert in that topic. And then when someone's looking to hire, they find you through that. The reality is that Amazon at this point is really the search engine where you find experts. Like if you want to find someone who's an expert in something, if you search Amazon, you're not getting the person who wrote a blog post, you're getting the person who wrote a book. And so a lot of people are looking for Speakers through Amazon or for consultants and and often those things will definitely translate into more career opportunities
0: so that's pretty neat now with it becoming so much more available, you know And so easy for people to publish there Are you ever concerned that maybe some point further off in the distant future that you know it might get too saturated to the point where it's like you know, anybody can write a book or or is it there still some sort of a safeguard in place where we'll still be able to have faith that going to Amazon, we will find experts in in different industries?
1: So I hope it does get saturated. Honestly, I think, this is, this is what I like to think about, is like, if you want to write a book, there's essentially two barriers in place. And you've seen this. There's, do I have enough ideas that people will want, want will care about absorbing? And then do I have all of the related skills necessary to turn that into a book? Do I have time to sit down and write? Do I have the skill to sit down and write? Do I have the money to pay for an interior layout that looks good and a cover that looks good? Do I know how to upload it to Amazon? Like, There's a whole bunch of bullshit surrounding it, right? And so if when I think about it, like the smartest people I know, who I've learned the most from, most of them don't have a book they've ever written. And so I've learned from them, and their other friends have learned from them, but the other millions, billions of people in the world haven't been able to because there's no like, recorded form for their ideas to be captured. And so the, the best thing that I can see, I mean, we've kind of built this whole system around that someone has to decide what's worthy to get in and not. But I think that like the basic system of capitalism and of the rest of the world is like anyone can make anything they want and reputation and reviews and word of mouth are what allow the best stuff to float to the top right we're not worried about someone making a shitty vacuum cleaner because we know we can find the good one and the stores will choose to stock it and and there's a system around that for you making that choice so an ideal world for me is like all those barriers are broken down and anyone with an idea they want to share it's easy for them to get it in book form and then it's up to the world to find a way to filter those so that you're able to find the ones that are most useful for you.
0: So the good news is basically the it's crowdsourced in that all these reviews from anybody who has checked out these books or these people are really going to be like our symbol of, you know, do they really know what they're talking about? Um, And so I think that's great because that's going to keep it, you know, competitive all the way through um, until people somehow magically like, you know, insert a flash drive in their brain and just read the book in a half second. (laughs) But until that day, the Amazon sounds like a really cool option and, and publishing just in general sounds like a great way to um, you know whether it's going into a business and, and making yourself the expert and using that to make your business more successful, or or you know being featured on TV and using that to to grow what you're doing. Uh, it sounds like a really great option. Um, yeah. So here's
1: the the easy way I can summarize it for for most people if they're like in your audience and are just starting a business is like there's no need to go out and create something that's like over the top and takes a huge amount of time and is perfect. If you can get your basic thesis or idea. Into a short book, and even just publish it as an ebook. Then, if you're going to be doing any content marketing, like reaching out to media sources to write guest articles, or wanting to be on TV, or wanting to be on podcasts, if you can pitch yourself to all those places as the author of X, Y, Z, instead of the founder of some business, uh, you're. It's going to increase your conversion on all of those. And so, I'd say it's most the the. The like early in business answer, I think, is just like create something that's short and simple but that you're proud of and leverage that into all of the like media attention type stuff that you could get. Um, and then maybe in later phases is, is there's a play to say, like, how do I create a book that's really big and that has a huge influence and that that finds the people for me? But I think in the short term, just being an author of something that you're proud of is is really powerful.
0: Very cool. So it's safe to say that, that having some form of written content out there in the world uh, definitely gives you a huge leg up compared to where some other people are at right now. Right? Yes,
1: I can tell you our first employee we hired uh, was a guy who lives in, lives in the UK and worked for an insurance company there. Like, is not someone we ever would have found. But uh, he'd emailed back and forth with Tucker a bit, and Tucker really liked his blog. And so because he had this written content out uh, we ended up, I think Tucker reached out to him and was just like, hey, see, I haven't posted in a long time. Like, what's wrong? And they ended up picking up their conversation. And he ended up moving to the U.S. for a few months to start working with us. And now he's back in the U.K. and, and still works full time for us. Uh, and so, like, that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't written. And honestly, thinking through our employees, their writing was a big influence in many of those hiring decisions. And, and often was how we found them.
0: Very cool. So I will, that definitely encourages me for the projects I'm working on right now. Uh, But I'm sure that it's very encouraging for everybody listening in today who, you know, is looking to make a change or a big transformation in their life, uh, that this is a good way to go. Uh, Tell me real quick, like, what's the process look like of Book in a Box and where can people find out more about it?
1: Yeah, so I think generally we're a little bit uh, expensive for, for like early businesses, Uh, basically we charge 15,000 to go everything from idea to finished published book uh, or we charge 25 if we include all the marketing in that. So generally like for a busy executive or for someone with a huge following, that makes sense. For an early business person, honestly, you can replicate and do 70% as well in much less cost and and a little more time. And so basically what I'd recommend, we're actually just putting the finishing touches on a book that we're writing that walks through like what do we do at every step of the process? Like, I'm going to send this over to you um, because I think you're already recording and, and transcribing. That's like the core slice, and so this is basically how do you do all of that more efficiently so that the process of creating a full-length book should take a hundred or two hundred hours and not five hundred or a thousand.
0: Right. Um,
1: and so we're we're not quite done that. We're just finishing the interior layout. We're, the plan is to release it September fifteenth. Nice. And so. Uh, I don't want to sell it or anything like that's not our goal. It's just to, because I talk to so many people with great ideas who uh, aren't able to afford our process and I don't have anything to, to give to them. So uh, if the people watching this, as long as it's before September 15th, uh, you can just go to bookinabox.com book and there'll be an opt-in, and if you just enter your email, then we'll send you a free copy of the book as soon as it's ready.
0: Awesome, which is perfect for when the summit is launching because that date comes right after the end of the summit. So for everyone listening in right now, that URL,
1: again, is what is it? Yeah, bookinabox.com slash book.
0: Awesome. And I think that that's going to be a really cool resource for people. I'm excited to check it out as well. And um, I I think that if anything, this talk should should motivate people. So don't be demotivated that it's expensive to work with these guys for it because they're also providing you an awesome solution, um, you know, for for doing your first book. Uh, so thanks for being here again, Zach. And um, is there anything else people should be checking out? Like, I, it looks like your blog hasn't been touched in a little bit. I I found that article. It was from June of 2014. So I now know why you're like, um, I guess maybe I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, I
1: might have wrote it, written it like three years before that and just been like, well, I should post something here. Yeah.
0: So do you guys have like a Facebook page? Maybe they should follow you guys on social media. Mm,
1: no, honestly, get, cool. if they get in for the... Uh, for the free book, then as we, I mean, our plan honestly, there's a lot that we want to do to help people who can't afford the full service, but that our process really will would be helpful for. And so the book is the easy first step for us because we do that often. Awesome. Uh, but but there's there will be more helpful tips and stuff. So um, if you're if you're signed up there, then we'll be in touch over email and can help you out if you're interested in writing a book. And definitely feel free. Uh, I like to be as helpful as possible. So if you want to shoot me a direct email. Uh, It's Zach at bookinabox.com. Zach, Z-A-C-H, and uh, if you have any questions about like writing, publishing, marketing, whatever, uh, I'll try and help you out or point you in the direction of someone who can. Very cool.
0: Well, Zach, thanks for being here today. It's been great talking to you and uh, I look forward to uh, checking out that book.
1: Awesome.